0: Education of our children doesn't begin and end at academia. There is a spiritual responsibility on each parent and teacher to nurture and train a young soul spiritually. This is called Chinuch. Join Rabbi G every Monday at 2 p.m. as he explores education and Chinuch for parents and teachers. Torah isn't education, it's transformation. One on one point nine Hai by G. We are back as we do every Monday between two to three where we discuss education. What's happening around the world? What can we learn? What can we grow from? What can we do to make the world a better place? What can we do to make us better people? How can we influence people around us? How can we influence our families, our friends, our communities, ourselves? What are the things we can achieve and grow with? Anything happening in the world of education. This is the place, this is the show, and if any of your thoughts are, 34519 is the SMS line, or Telegram, we've moved from WhatsApp to Telegram, Telegram, 061-895-1019, anywhere in the world, or 34519 is the SMS line, only here in South Africa. Very interesting show coming up today, after we passed through the very difficult, sad day yesterday of Tishabov and dreamt, cried, missed Israel, Jerusalem, the temple. Uh, We're going to be speaking to two rabbis from Israel coming in today that actually came into South Africa today, and I've asked them to come in because of a very interesting topic and discussion. We talk a lot about sending our kids overseas. When is it the right time for them to become independent, to send them to move forward, to see the world and we have various programs. I mean, just not long ago, we had the Naale program here uh, in South Africa, uh, taking, uh, interviewing and getting a whole bunch of teen- kids to go, teenagers, kids. I-, I think they don't let me call them kids, the teenagers, sorry. And we have the rabbis coming here for their schools. And we have for girls and for boys and for younger and for older. And we have and We have so many things that are available. And I don't recall... On this show that we actually stopped and thought, what are the benefits? Why are we doing this? What are we going to gain? What are the risks? Is it the right thing, the right direction? Obviously, any thoughts that you have on that, 34519 is the SMS line, or Telegram, o six one eight nine five one o one nine. And if you really want to connect, you can even call in the studio, 10 140 we will start right away. I'm actually getting no, no more introductions. I'm going to go straight and say, good afternoon. Hello, Rabbi Yukelson and Rabbi Borovsky. Hello. So Hello. both of you are rabbis at, um, a school, a yeshiva called Terah Simcha. Yes. Yes. Located where? Rachov
1: Saratskin, Unsdorf, in Steady. Jerusalem.
0: Jerusalem. Okay, Jerusalem. That's a, that's the capital. That's where we like to be like to talk about. So, Jerusalem and basically your school is for kids, boys that come from all over the world to spend a year, two years, a few years in Israel. Yes. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. You do you have any students that grew up in Israel?
1: Yes, we have a few.
0: Okay, but what and and so is it an Israeli school or the focus or tell us a bit about the school.
1: The school is a yeshiva f- post-high school for boys, um, like, like Rabbi Gartner said, they are from all over the world. America, Europe, we even have a boy from South Africa. We've had a few boys from South Africa. Um, amongst that crowd also, there's a, being that there's I a growing... I have to say,
0: you have quite a few proud alumni here that I've come across and met and I've seen. Um, so there's a variety of boys yes. coming from all over. Um, you'd say they come at what age, 16, 17, 19, 20? When do they come?
1: Normally, they come around the age of 17, 18, when they finish high school. England, they finish a little bit earlier. The United States, they finish a little bit later.
0: Okay, and we finish in December, which probably changes everything around. Okay, so straight to it, why? Why Mm -hmm. send your child to
1: Israel? The main reason why we think that parents, and even the students themselves, want to take the opportunity to come to learn Torah and and Israel at that juncture in their lives is because they are now at a little bit more mature, and they'll be able to experience and gain a benefit of a spiritual and Torah value that is unattainable in the diaspora.
0: You're talking about the actual studies or the environment, the, the, everything. It's it's all
1: encompassing, all encompassing. The environment assists, the actual learning, everything. The people of Jerusalem, the different breed than people from the diaspora, the whole experience.
0: Okay. Before we go on, I'd like to, Rabbi Borovsky. Yes.
2: Yeah, I'd just like to add also the age that we talk about, 17, 18, uh, I personally would not suggest them to be coming at an early age. You know, it's it's a bit young to be away from home, so far away. So you took but, away my
0: next question okay. because let's go
2: into that. You say that before age 17, 18, it's too early? In, in the general sense. And there are always uh, individual reasons why it might be better, you know, depending why? on the situation. What are the risks? Uh, it, it's a bit young to be independent, be by yourself. You need to support your parents. You need emotional support. The structure that a home gives that sometimes at a younger age, the, uh, uh a student coming at that younger age isn't able to develop it himself properly. The day structure, the, uh, his limitations and, uh, at 17, 18, working with whatever school or, uh, university, whatever he's going to be good doing, he's able to structure himself better, be more mature about it. So, generally, y- you,
0: the boys do better when they come after matric. Yes, you'd say okay. So, I want to—I'd uh, like to elaborate a bit in that area. And unfortunately, we live in South Africa that we are very fortunate. And one hand, it's unfortunately, but on the other hand, we are very fortunate to live in a place that has lots of luxury with it. And the unfortunately side is because of um, the reality in South Africa. Our kids don't really travel alone. They go. We take them everywhere. We are with them. We run them from place to place. They are always under um, supervision. Up to the age of 17, 18, that's when they first get their learners, and then things start changing a bit. Sending a child who was um, um, looked after completely since he was born until he, he's now a young adult, suddenly into an environment of Jerusalem, Israel, from the way I know and remember Jerusalem and from my visits there, buses, you go, you come, there's a whole world out there, you don't need a ride anywhere, you just get a Ravkov, I think, or whatever it is, you get on the bus, you go where you want, when you want. How, how do kids even transact that change? Who's going? Rabbi Yukelsen. Okay. Depends on their maturity, but most So you know Rabbi, I'm gonna to have to step you because as Craig is showing, it's time for the, the ad break. So we're gonna take a short ad break and then we will continue, come back to this question. Any thoughts you have on this topic, please, 3451 on his SMS line. I don't think we ever went into this topic properly. I'd love to hear your thoughts about sending kids with our currency, our economy, with, uh, with everything. Is it valuable? What do you think about sending the kids overseas? 061-895-1019 on Telegram or 34519 is the SMS line. Short break. We'll be right back. High FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. 101.9 Rabbi G. We are back. We just got into the ad break in, in the middle of a fascinating discussion about going to Israel in studio with me are Rabbi Borovsky and Rabbi Yukelsen, two rabbis from, um, very powerful, well-known yeshiva called Terah Simcha. It's a high school yeshiva, Terah Simcha in center of Jerusalem. And we are discussing about the journey about leaving our comfort zone here in South Africa and going into Jerusalem. And right before the break, I asked them about um, how is that journey really working? If we're going from a, a place that kids are completely supervised at all times, uh, we're in a situation that we drive our kids everywhere, we know where they are at every second at all times, and we're sending them overseas to a city where they can just get on a bus, go wherever they want, and just be completely free. How, how does that work? Isn't that too much, too fast, too
1: far? Our experience, our experience has normally shown that a boy who grew up in a Jewish community in the diaspora that has Jewish values, for the most part when he comes, for the most part when he comes, having that independence will help breed a strong, responsible independence. That's number one. Number two, being that, like Rabbi G said, they're going to be on the big, big bad world, so to speak, and have an awful lot of independence, and maybe that has certain dangers, which it does. Being, however, in a yeshiva environment, which has responsible, responsible members of staff that give structure in our that creates an environment which also is a little bit semi-protective. It might not be as total protective as they've grown up with, but it's a, a it's a step. It's almost, it's the right first step in order to teach our young men some independence and some responsibility that in Yitzhoshim, they will be able to create their own fine Jewish homes.
0: So how do you find that balance between independent and supervision? Because I think it's a very uh, narrow, uh, borderline, especially when we're talking about teenagers um, that are coming to the big city for the first time and they want to experience and live the world. And On the one hand, on the other hand, we are talking about boys that are very serious in what they do. I mean, from knowing the school that you teach in, I know that you hand-select the boys that have done well in school, so we're not talking about kids that are looking to run around. And then when you come and give them the boundaries, where do you find the line between the the freedom and the
1: supervision. To a degree, that depends on the individual student that we're talking about. Um, those that are a little bit more mature, so a little bit more freedom, build a little bit more independence and responsibility. Those that are a little bit, <coughs> that come a little bit less mature, so then you need a little bit of a tighter leash but a tighter leash that's given over in a way with understanding and explanation and uh, creating a, a good feeling, love. A leash uh, of love. A leash of love, that's right. <laughs> okay. Lends itself to growth. Okay. Rob Borowski? Yeah, I just I want to uh,
2: just elaborate a little bit, even if it's a fine line, but it's not a clear exact line. As he, as Rabbi Yukosun was saying, that it depends on each boy, his, developing his responsibilities. And everyone, almost everyone develops a responsibility in a, in a proper, mature way, and it doesn't happen overnight. But if we don't give them their ability to grow their own wings, then they'll never be able to fly themselves. But at the same time, everyone's, the staff watches, and you know, every, uh, place that they're gonna go to in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, they're watching out of the corner of the eye just to make sure everyone, no one has gotten out of line. Sometimes we let them make mistakes in a very small way. They learn from their mistakes. They grow from that. That's allowed. But again, we're watching always and where uh, we're aware. and they so that they can yes grow, but not to get out of what we call out of sync or out of line to the degree where they can do something that's not good for them. Yeah. For someone else. So
0: they're protected. Yeah. Yes. So they're looked after and protected. So th- that's really one of the points. I know that in, when you send your child to school, he's in a sk- school system, a proper school system that looks after his academic needs and his growth. When we're talking about a yeshiva, especially a yeshiva that's overseas, we're talking about there's another role for the rabbis. Cause in a way you're, you're also their, the child, the student's family and you're also the student's, um, I think in looking and supervising after their personal spiritual growth and not only academic growth. So what are the different dimensions that you have in a school that's far away overseas in the uh, basement Medrash yeshiva, etc. I'll
1: tell you I'll tell you a story that a Rebbe of mine taught me twenty five years ago when I first started teaching Yeshiva. He heard this story from students of the altar of Slobodka. Actually heard it from a student of the Altar of Slobodka Who was present by, I think it was by Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Mm -hmm. A group of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's students wanted to open a yeshiva, and they went to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and they asked- We're just, we're talking
0: about a a bit over a hundred years ago. Right. Okay.
1: They went to ask Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, what should be the emphasis in our yeshiva? Now everybody knows in yeshivas, like Rabbi G said, there are certain academic things, Gemara, Chumash, (coughs) ethics, what should be the emphasis in our yeshiva? And Rabbi Yisrael, Yisrael Salanter answered them, you're making a mistake. The main aspect of a yeshiva is to take a person and make him into a mensch, to make that mensch the best mensch possible. So therefore, the answer to your question is really... Again, it depends on make the person. Make the child into a ma- mensch, ma- and, and you'll have ma- make that when it, when I say the word mensch, I don't I don't I don't just mean the nuances of please, thank you. I'm talking about in his in his hashkafa, his halacha, his inner world, his emotional world, his psychological world, and all those dimensions, and that varies per student.
0: Okay, and so I, I when we talk about a mensch, one of the big things that um, we question. Um, and especially in today's day in life where we live, is about um, relationships, connections. And many times when a student goes and moves on to building his own house, he's getting married, he's building a family, starting a family, we look back and we see that we're not sure that the, the educational system today is providing enough tools to have a proper Communication still, um, um, a stable communication relationship between, um, husband and wife. Does, is there any investigation in those areas in the yeshiva about giving tools to the student to actually build a home that's stable for the, for his family next generation?
2: Um, Rabbi Borowski. Yes. Uh, the, anyone who's experienced the yeshiva, especially when you're going overseas, basically you're living a dorm life. Where you have to interact with other boys constantly, not only in the intellectually, academically, in the school hours, but it's the meal time, it's night time, it's uh, weekends when the Shabbat. So therefore, you have to learn, you have to develop, your are forced almost, to develop interpersonal skills with other people. It's not with the other gender, because in the yeshiva it's only for men, you have girls' schools Seminaries for for girls, but you are for. So we have quite a few studies that say that performance, um,
0: especially by the girls, uh, females, rises when they don't have the pressure of mixed classes. One hundred percent. Okay.
2: Meaning it, it academically, it's probably the best thing, because it it, it takes away a lot of the uh,
0: emotions and the stress you know, and the everything that's happening in between. Okay, so, so, so. But
2: there is that building of interpersonal relationships that they have to develop and they learn from their sometimes difficulties, sometimes from arguments, how to get better at that, how to be sensitive to the needs of other people, how to be sensitive when people are down or feeling in different moods than they are. And this is a, a precourse that leads into what marriage is, which is that's constant, that's a constant thing. That sensitivity has to be built in the yeshiva. We're involved, the rebaim of the older shurim and all their work on helping those who are going from the stage of getting engaged, married, to help them, to teach them. How to, uh. What do you mean? There's special uh, classes there is, for marriage. Yes, there are special classes, there are special one-on-one sessions that really help prepare. Uh, okay,
0: so that's a very practical that's, way. Okay, so that, that's a, a massive thing. So, so you aren't giving a very strong vibe of caring, loving family and together with the academic growth and with the uh, personal spiritual growth, uh, mensch, as the rabbi said, um, but I have quite a few women, uh mothers, sorry, not women, mothers, listening to this show. And I have to say, as a father as well, I know our kids, once they reach 16, 17, 18, they're big, strong machos. But I want to know that if my son is in school in Israel and he has a headache, there's somebody that will give him a cup of tea. There's Like, how do the dynamics work? Who's there for the boys when it's hard, when they miss home, when they're stuck? Rabbi Yukelson,
1: The Rebbeim, the Mashkiach.
0: The rabbi would come make a cup of tea for a student? Yes. Oh, that was simple. <laughs> <laughs> as simple as that. It, it's it's fascinating because we always look as up to rabbis as people that are um, on a higher level, I'd say. And here you say that in the school, in the yeshiva... That's when, not
1: making a cup of tea for your student doesn't put you on a lower level. Good point. Good
0: point. I I accept that a 100%. Um, okay, so then... Uh, Okay, so so you basically you're saying that when your child goes overseas to yeshiva, he's looked af- looked after in every aspect in the yeshiva in the school.
2: Hundred percent. Okay,
0: now I'm going to be tough and hard. Who don't you recommend to come overseas? What? Who is the profile of a, a student you'd say rather stay in your country in your safe zone, and don't move forward?
1: Being that we are in South Africa. That to a degree, is a little bit of a harder question because South Africa, really, for a post high school Jewish boy who wants to enjoy a yeshiva education doesn 't have any possibilities. his only possibilities really are to go overseas, that makes it a more difficult question. Uh, uh,
0: we do have the uh, um to there are two yeshivas here in town, um, different to the yeshivas in in Israel and that you 're presenting okay. at the time but um so but l- Regardless of the, of the options that we have in town, what are we looking at regarding?
1: First of all, if your, if your child, if there's a child that you know has severe emotional, psychological issues to come and to try to dress them up in order that your child should get the benefits of being in Eretz Israel, I don't know if that's a healthy suggestion. I'm going to be
0: more blunt. It's not a solution for problems, you're saying. No, that's right. It's a journey for people that can take the journey and can manage it. But if you think that your ch- child is struggling in their country, it won't help to just move to the next country. Mm. That's correct. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I well, agree with that. You, the, the, agree. Well, the rabbis <laughs> agreed together on that, uh, so, so we're going with that. Okay, so then in that area you wouldn't. What would you, Regarding the communication... And that also something comes happens a lot. I hear from parents, my son's in Israel, he's in America, he's in England. I don't want to call him every day, but I miss him. On the other hand, like I want to give him space to grow, especially in a world today that we don't even need a call. We can just WhatsApp or message or get or connect or whatever it is. On the other hand, I want to stay close to my child. Is there any recommendations or discussion or it's more like you know your child and kind of build your relationship?
1: I once heard from a very big Mechanic. This Mechanic has been in Chinuch probably for 30 years, and he learned in Eretz Yisrael also 40 and 45 years ago. In those days, when we first came to learn in Eretz Yisrael, to make a phone call home, you had to go to the central post office on Rechov Yafo, on Jaffa Street, and you had to make an appointment. They had to call that was to, you know how often did you do that? It was very, very expensive to send a letter there was no There was no email. you had to write an aerogram, which were these very thin, flimsy things that you sent to abroad and they got to America or whatever it was ever every two weeks. This person told me the following: he said when we had when we were in that type of a situation, so then the environment that your child was in in the yeshiva or the seminary in Israel had a chance to be Influence and to mold and they had a chance to grow and, 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 and inculcate the lessons that they were learning in the institution that they were in, whether it be a yeshiva or a seminary. They could, they could feel the people. They could bring in the, 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 the spiritual aspects of what was going on un, unhindered and not leashed to their, to their parents, to their, to their home. Now, when it's instant, so, like he said, whatever I teach the girl by day, her father takes out by night. So, in other words, <laughs> the, the, the fact that there's such easy communication, has a certain drawback to it. Apparently parent has to be, uh, has to, about uh, it has to be. But
0: I do want to, I do want to touch base on that as well. Right, we do have to take another short break. When we come back, we w- I will talk about communication and about visitations and coming back and going, and it's, cause there's a very big point, Um any of your thoughts? This is a big topic. Please three four five one nine is the SMS line, or if you want to send Telegram, 0618951019, or even call 010-140-3020, Rabbi Yukelson, Rabbi Borovsky. Short break, and we will be right back. IFM one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. One hundred one point nine. G. We are back in the middle, right in the middle of a discussion about the amount of communication with your child when you're trying to give them independence when they are overseas. Before we continue this discussion with Rabbi Borovsky and Rabbi Yuchelson, rabbis from Terra Simcha in Jerusalem, visiting here in South Africa, short um, message from the radio and ad, we are known as the people of the book. We are literally consumers, consumers of words and prose shares of ideas in short we are readers high FM is starting a book club would you like to be one of the high FM book club readers you'll receive a book every month to review on the radio for our listening community it's social it's fun it's mentally enlightening we are looking for people with a wide range of reading topics and genres. get in touch Email books at chayfm. dot com. So, if you're into the book club of Chayfm, you like reading, you want to present books at chayfm. dot com. Okay. So, right before the break, we were in the middle of a discussion about the amount of communication between um, between parents, kids, and even siblings. I think could be part of it um, when you have a sibling overseas, far away, sa- sending a message, being. Uh, Connected, and Rabbi Yukelson said right before the break, "Don't overconnect. Don't give some space for the student to grow and achieve and absorb and absorb. Absorb is a big thing, which we're not. We don't have that almost in our generation. We just copy paste and share. But we'll get to that, Rabbi Borovsky."
2: Yes, I just wanted to just uh, not disagree, but. Times have changed. I still remember. From point of view. Yes, I, I still remember when I first came to uh, Israel and that was about uh, over 35 years plus, 37 years ago. So to call home, it was inexpensive. It was expensive. I didn't have to go to the central bus station, the central post office to do it, but to call home was very expensive. It was at that time about a dollar a minute or a dollar-plus per minute. So we called home once a month, and it was like a special occasion, a special feeling uh, wow. to be able to call home. We used to wait for our letter we used to get once a week, once every two weeks. It was very exciting. Things have changed. We have to be realistic. We can't expect that type of separation from our children who are, as Rabbi G said, it's an instant gratification, instant in-touch Uh, whether it's text or it's uh email or it's whatever it is. So we have to be realistic. But there is an extreme. I've heard from mothers, from their daughters who are texting them five times a day, still just doesn't, how do I do this, what do I do with that? So that's, there is, even within our constant being in touch, there there should be some pullback that they should be able to, uh, they should pull back to some degree, but there should some be some independence developing.
0: Give space for for growth. Yes. I, I, I could say, I, I remember growing growing up as a child in Israel, and my grandparents lived in America, and we couldn't communicate. It was too expensive, as you know. So we actually had a time once a week that we would call them, and they wouldn't answer, but they just, we had rang three times, and then they knew we were calling and saying hello, mm-hmm. and the same t- thing they did. It was actually, they, we called, they called us when we were at Shabbos meal, and it was not Shabbos there, and it was three rings, and we knew that was their good Shabbos. And we, we didn't speak for a year easily, but we had every week this message of caring, the message of communication. So maybe that could be some kind of form that we could say, okay, send a message saying hi, or just I care, and just stay, give a bit of space in that area. I think maybe that could be an interesting point. Um okay, so w- time is moving forward, but I, I and there's so much more I, I really would like to learn and to know. I wanna um, come from the other side, because I do know a bit about your school, about your yeshiva, and one of the things I know is that some of your alumni, I don't know numbers, I don't know amounts, but personally, a family member of mine that came from Israel, from United States to learn by you, and uh, married into our family, um, decided to completely integrate and stay in Israel. Completely became Israeli, made aliyah. Um, what is what are the numbers percentage? Like, what are the chances that if I send my child to the yeshiva, I may I don't want to say lose him because it's very harsh, but I may he may be staying to live in Israel and if, and, and his own place and.
1: I don't know what the... Per- I
0: know that's a positive. I know that's a positive in your house, but some of us are mothers that miss our kids and fathers
1: that miss our kids. <laughs> I don't know what the percentages are. Okay. Oh, but okay. but, as much as every parent would like that their children should have the house next door and the house across the street from their... You know, if they're a mother, or maybe a father would like it a little bit farther away, but the mother would like <laughs> it a little bit closer. But... As much as that's true, but the most important thing to a parent is that their child is going to be happy and be productive and have a happy, productive adult life. That's the most important thing to a parent. And if that is the route that a child takes, so... There are a lot worse things to happen to a person than ending up growing and living in Israel and, be, and being part of a community in Israel, whether he's learning or working. There are a lot worse things that can happen to somebody. If I understand
0: correctly, you're saying our job is to make our kids happy and successful and it doesn't matter where they live. And it's, we'll it's, grow, it's, it's, we'll grow jobs, up, we'll uh, manage.
1: I don't know if our job is to make them happy or to give them the kaying, the to give them the the tools to, to make them Happy and successful.
0: Fair enough. Okay, so that that is, Reb do you find that as a challenge of uh, maybe your child moving to a different country, and then
2: I have a personal note in this in this uh, in this thing that I even talk to my children about because I know when I was younger and I decided to go to air to Israel to Israel to uh, study, and my parents were gung ho; they were excited, and they really gave me the feeling that They were behind my decisions and gave me that independence to make my decision. If, as long as they thought to be a responsible decision, there was a plan, there was a way it was going to work. And I tell my children the same thing, even though as hard as, uh, like uh, the Rabbi Yukelson said, we love them to live across the street from us. We'd see them every other day. We'd see the grandkids every Shabbos. But the, the most, that biggest nachas is to see our children. Growing, developing, becoming responsible adults, resp- raising families responsibly, being the finest themselves, growing in Torah, and I'm not going to limit them. Uh, it, as hard it is for me where to live and what to live, what I do hope is I put into them those, those important, th- those feelings or the necessary, for taking responsibility for their lives and that they have to understand that to be responsible for their future family.
0: And they can do that. Okay. So we do have to take another short break, and that will be the last break for this show. When we come back, just um, for one sentence about visitations, do you recommend kids going home in the middle of the term once a year, twice a year, parents coming to visit their kids overseas? What do you think about that? And um, regarding um, how much should the parents be in touch with the teachers, with the rabbis, communicate, give space, or stay together, and then we'll end up with how people can get in touch with you directly. 101.9 short break and we will be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. 101.9, we are back for the last part of the show. In studio with me today are rabbis, Rabbi Yukelson and Rabbi <coughs> Barowski, uh rabbis in the Yeshiva Terra Simcha in Jerusalem. And we are discussing about sending your kids on a journey to Israel, thoughts, etc. So right before the break, I've asked you, what do you think about um, visiting? Should parents make the effort uh, or try to come visit their kids in Yeshiva school or just give them their territory? And how much should they recommend? Do you recommend to come every half a year, every umptev, every term? What, what are the recommendations? Put finances aside, aside.
1: I think it depends on the circumstance.
2: <laughs> okay, Rabbi uh, Vorowski. I agree, um, there are those kids. Uh, that's it's too easy. I know. No. <laughs> I'll elaborate a little bit. There are okay. those children, there are those the children, not children, but those, those, Adult children who go there to to Israel far away or even to America, to England, wherever they're going to go, they are very homesick. It is very hard for them. So then there is a maybe the importance to come back a bit more often than the parents would want. But I I don't see the necessity to break up in middle of a session, in the middle of what we call a zman in the yeshiva, when school is active, to be taking off. Unless it's a
0: major SIM or something. Yes, or, are
2: 100%. As,
0: as we say, without explaining too much, 12 and 12 is not 24. Right. Exactly. Okay. Don't send us a message. I know the numbers. It is 24, but whatever. Okay. And regarding um, parents being in touch with the staff, how important or give some space?
1: The first thing is that it is a little bit important for a parent to be in touch with the staff. Just like when you have a child in grammar school, if you let the Rebbe... Call the Rebbe once a month, so then the Rebbe will pay attention more to your children, to, to your child, and if you don't call him at all. Same mm-hmm. thing, a little bit of a phone call here and there is a very healthy, and if, especially if there's a good relationship between the parent and the child, the parent can be a very important partner in helping the child, Talmud, grow in all aspects of what he came to Herod's for.
0: Okay, your job's not over by sending your child overseas.
2: Correct. Okay. And uh, I, I know from even my personal experience, not vis-a-vis my students, but vis-a-vis my children, uh, I've had a teacher come to me. He said, um, your kid's having this and this a problem, and he's been going on for a while. I said, so why didn't you contact me? He says, why not I contact you? Why didn't you contact me? Where have you been? <laughs> right? And I said, I, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to be a nudnik. He said, no, 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 mm-hmm. that's not acceptable.
0: Go ahead, bother me. Yes, Okay, that's I'll, what we're there for. Okay, thank God we're at the end of the hour. So if any teacher heard this, we're still standing behind the words. Bother the teachers, ask the questions. Know what's happening. That's very important. Um, just to end off, anybody wants to be in touch with you directly, wants to meet you. I know you came to South Africa for three days only, and it's going to be very tight to get into seeing you. But I do recommend, if you're debating about sending your child to yeshiva in Israel, if you're debating about the schools. Um, um, it is worth to make that effort and to, and to be in touch. How can they get a hold of you?
1: My email is ryukelson613 at gmail.com.
0: You will have to say that again.
1: <laughs> R-Y-U-K-E-L-S-O-N 613 at gmail.com is my email. My phone, I'll give you my Israeli phone number because my South African one isn't good yet, 972. Five two seven six one seven four six six. And you'll be able to get to you here
0: as well. And now if you, whoever answers there will connect. Okay, so if not, you could always send me an email, rabbi at gmail.com, and I will please go try to make the connection. And like every good show, this show has come in and thank you, Rabbis, so much for being with us today. It is really important that we focus on the future of our community kids, adults everybody else, etc. Thank
2: you. Thank you for having us. Thank
0: you, members 101.9, another show has come to an end, and we will be back, please God, next Monday, 2 to 3. In the meantime, keep well. Thank you, Craig, for all the amazing work, controlling everybody in the staff. And, yeah, we will be in touch again next week with great, important topics to discuss. Rebbe G. Kultiv. Bye.